KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, April 25th. What it takes to secure a shelter bed and how it can be a lifeline. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Some MTS minibus routes and MTS access service could be stopped as soon as today because of contract negotiations. First Transit operates the impacted services for MTS and are in negotiations with their employees. MTS officials say passengers should make alternate transportation arrangements starting today. To see if your route is or could be impacted, visit sdmts.com. The Supreme Court will decide if public officials can block critics from commenting on their social media accounts. The issue is at the heart of a case involving the Poway Unified School District Board of Trustees. Two board members used Facebook and Twitter accounts to communicate with the public. Some of the posts were met with critical replies from parents who were then blocked. An appeals court said in doing so, the board members violated the parents' free speech rights. The Supreme Court will hear the case this fall. The remaining Bed Bath & Beyond and Bye Bye Baby stores in the county will be closing. This comes after the company filed for bankruptcy on Sunday. The stores will continue operating during the bankruptcy process and store closing sales will start tomorrow. There are four locations left in the county. The Pacific Coast Plaza Bed Bath & Beyond in Oceanside, the Mission Valley Center Bed Bath & Beyond, Bye Bye Baby in Encinitas, and Bye Bye Baby in Chula Vista. It's unknown when the locations will shut their doors for good. In the meantime, some things to know, the blue coupons won't be accepted anymore and all sales will be final once closing sales start. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. San Diego's strategy to solve homelessness relies on shelter beds. The problem is the city doesn't have nearly enough. Dozens of unhoused San Diegans are turned away from shelters every day as a result. iNews Source reporter Cody Dulaney has a story about what it takes to secure a shelter bed and how it can be a lifeline. Craig Thomas and Ali Herrera are trying to fill about two dozen shelter beds citywide. They're outreach workers with the Alpha Project. And on this rainy Tuesday morning, calls are flowing in. Every few minutes, someone is calling for help. Yeah, do you have a bed available? I won't know that until I submit your information, sir. Okay. What is your first name? Thomas logs the caller's information, date of birth, criminal background, medical history. From there, it becomes a waiting game. So I'm going to go ahead and submit your information right now, Mike. Probably going to take them about a half an hour to respond to me. If you could give me a call back in like 30 minutes, that would be great. 
intake coordinators gather that information and find a shelter that best suits the person's needs. But that can take hours. Herrera said, sometimes they don't even hear back. And that's the thing though, especially it, that's what makes it more difficult. When you have a client that you're working with for months and they keep telling you no, 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 and you finally have them at that moment where they're saying yeah, you need to get them there like that. Because you give them an hour, you give them two hours, and they're going to change their mind. It comes down to availability. Mayor Todd Gloria has touted his efforts to expand shelter capacity, totaling 1,800 shelter beds citywide. But last week, they were 97% full. Meanwhile, 2,500 San Diegans bed down every night in the streets, riverbeds, and canyons. Even those who really want shelter have to wait for it, sometimes several days. That's what happened to Kenneth Garcia. He spent a week living outside City Hall in downtown, calling and waiting for a bed. This morning, he got lucky. Thomas and Herrera picked him up and took him to a shelter. Garcia said, it's been a rough few days. And so I just got into a state of depression and I just kind of walked around in a daze, not even eating. And now I feel like there's something to look forward to again. Now I've got hopes again. He most looks forward to getting cleaned up for a fresh start. This is not me and I just feel icky. As soon as I can get on clean clothes, shave, take a shower, and all that good stuff, I can be back to, 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 to making something happen. A shelter bed is more than just a roof and a place to sleep. Moses Miramontes has been living at an Alpha Project shelter downtown for the past six months. For him, it's a second chance. I'm going to give it everything I got. I take this one as Rocky Three when Rocky's fighting Mr. T, and, uh, or, or when he goes against Apollo. I have the tiger this time. We're, we're going to actually fulfill these promises. With a shelter bed, he's had time to get back on his feet, focus on sobriety, secure income and housing. Now, his family has come back into his life. You know, it's, um, as you see, the way I'm getting, you know, it's just, um, I've never had my family behind me. You know, and my sister said, as long as you continue to be sober, I will get you anything that you want. She goes, you're my little brother, and it's going to stay that way. Shelter availability is crucial, and not just for the people with nowhere else to go. City officials are considering a proposal to ban camping in public. They'll need open beds to enforce it. The plan could come up for a vote as early as next month. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource investigative reporter Cody Dulaney. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. In efforts to address the housing shortage in San Diego, the city council yesterday declared five blocks surrounding the Civic Center Plaza surplus lands. Reporter Alexander Wynn has more on the city's efforts. That does pass 8-1 to one with Councilmember Moreno voting no. The five blocks of the Civic Core includes the City Administration Building, Civic Theater, Golden Hall, the Parkade, and the 101 Ash Building. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria says it's part of the city's effort to update outdated facilities. Objective two is the creation of a substantial amount of new housing, and specifically housing that's affordable to low-middle-income San Diegans. Uh, we believe that the six blocks that we control, these contiguous blocks, are a tremendous opportunity to achieve both of those objectives, a new city building that can reduce taxpayer costs and more housing that people can actually afford. By declaring the five blocks surrounding the Civic Center Plaza surplus lands, the city is required to approve proposals that prioritize affordable housing. 
Advocates say it won't solve the city's homeless issue, but it's a start. Alexander Nguyen, KPBS News. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department released its annual report of its use of military equipment earlier this month. Military reporter Andrew Dyer has more. In September 2021, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed several police reform bills into law, including Assembly Bill 481. The bill regulates the use and acquisition of military equipment by law enforcement and state agencies. Among the requirements of the law, police departments must release yearly reports of all military equipment on hand and a list of any they intend to acquire. According to its recently released annual report, the San Diego County Sheriff's Department has 44 aerial drones, 24 robots, and four armored vehicles. It plans on purchasing more, including a tracked armored personnel carrier. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. Coming up, we'll hear about Asian representation in film and in Hollywood. We'll have that story and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Packard's Spring Showcase is in full swing. The festival highlights films made by Asian filmmakers from around the globe. The diverse selection presents complex representations of Asians, but Hollywood has not always shared that point of view. Arts reporter Beth Hakamondo had her interest in Asian films sparked at a young age when her Chinese grandfather got her a subscription to a Chinese film magazine. She spoke with PacArts artistic director Brian Hu about Asian representation in Hollywood and the independent films that have challenged those views. I remember when I first came to Hollywood, it was a dream come true until I got here because <laughs> look at this face. I came here and, said, and was told you're a minority and I'm like, no, that's not possible. <laughs> and then someone said to me, you speak English. I mean, forget about them not knowing Korea, Japan, Malaysia, Asia, India. And then I said, yeah, the flight here was about 13 hours long, so I learned. (laughs) So that was Michelle Yeoh at the Golden Globes earlier this year as she accepted the award for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Now, she also won the Oscar for Best Actress, and that was history-making in its own right. So, Brian, I just wanted to ask you, how do you think that may impact the way either Hollywood sees Asians on screen or how the public does? Um, I'm pretty cynical about <laughs> about, the, about the Oscars, I guess, because I've seen plenty of times where Asian people or, or like, you know, all, all minorities where they win and when we can hail it as a moment and then nothing really changes. I'm not optimistic that Hollywood wouldn't necessarily change, but I hope that this is a wake-up call within the Oscars to be like, 
you know, we've done this already. Like, let's, let's continue doing it. Like, we've proven that it, it can be done. For me, this is a moment for the people who grew up watching Michelle Yeoh. And there are many, not just in the United States, but of course, all over the world. And for people like me, it's like, grew up watching her because my parents were, are Chinese immigrants who rented VHS tapes of Hong Kong martial art films, and she was in so many of them. And I would never have thought that though any star from those Hong Kong movies would ever have this moment. So I don't know, like for me, it is not just about race. It's not just about an Asian person one. It's about like something from my own life one. And I think that's something that's a little bit, that, 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 that to me is what is so moving about it. Now, her award marks the first time an Asian has won for Best Actress. Now, in the past, we have talked a lot about Asian representation on the screen. And, you know, in the early 1930s, we had a lot of this Orientalism, and we had Fu Manchu and Charlie Chan. Most grateful for companionship on long desert journey. You're the new cook or houseboy? Lieutenant Chan, Honolulu police, imitating weekend guests. Is that so? Yeah. Your name is... Uh, Watson King. I specialize in minding my own business. Very lonesome pastime. When we talked about that, a lot of those images kind of stemmed from social and political realities of the time. How do you think we have progressed from that? And, like, have has there been significant change? Or has it just become kind of subtler uh, stereotypes that we're facing? Yeah. I mean, when I when I do research on the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, it's like Hollywood is obsessed with Asia <laughs> during this time. There are so many movies that are set in Asia. I mean, they're usually like the B films, including like the Charlie Chan kind of movies. But yeah, you're right. Like during this time, America was very interested in the geopolitics of what was happening in Asia because America was a part of it, right? Like in terms of World War II. Like so many films in 1940s and 50s are about Asia because that's who we were fighting. So many films in the 50s and 60s because of Korea, because of all these people who were in the military who were stationed in the Pacific Islands, sort of like bringing back stories of the Pacific Islands. And, and so it was on the mind almost like in, in some ways, I feel like we're not even back at that level yet in terms of kind of films produced by Hollywood that are about Asia. That said, it was not a pretty picture <laughs> because these films were, they may have been about Asia, but they didn't star Asian people. So I think with Michelle Yeoh's victory was really a way of Hollywood saying, we're interested in Asian stories, and you can even play the main characters, and you could do it with, with dignity and with humanity. And you've talked a lot about Asian American films. Uh, you did a list of films for the Los Angeles Times. And the real change always seems to come when you get Asian Americans actually writing the scripts and directing the films and kind of seeing that creative vision all the way through. And I know for me, one key film would have been Chan is Missing. Why are you tripping so heavy on this one dude for, man? Because he's a friend. Every time we go to somebody different, we hear a different story. The small independent film and just put Asians into the center of it and played with all those notions of stereotypes that Hollywood had created. Yeah, I mean, China's Missing, the title comes from Charlie Chan, right? Like that there were all these films in the 1930s that were kind of caricatures of Asian people. What happens if he's missing? <laughs> or what if, and it's sort of, but it's sort of like, what if the sort of ethos of that is missing? What is left of an Asian American film? And how can we reinvent it anew? And the director, Wayne Wang, really like thinks about how do I reinvent cinema 
style, performance. How do I like rethink what a Chinatown movie can be? And so it's like a freewheeling, almost not narrative kind of like tour through all the the wild personalities of Chinatown. And none of these personalities would have been people that you would have seen in any film before this. Once these Asian Americans get control of the directing and the scripts and everything else, like all bets are off. And it, and every film seems like you're encountering cinema anew. That was Brian Hu speaking with Beth Hakamondo. Packard Spring Showcase continues through Thursday at the Ultra Star Cinema's Mission Valley. The San Diego Music Awards ceremony is tonight at Humphreys Concerts by the Bay. The awards recognize the accomplishments of local musicians. This year, 150 artists have been nominated for awards in a couple dozen categories. We'll bring you the music of some of the award winners in tomorrow's podcast. Cuteness alert! A six-month-old English bulldog is now the active duty mascot for the Marine Corps Recruit Depot. Private Bruno, dressed in his blues, was given his oath in a ceremony on Friday. Corporal Johnny Manny Manuelito, also an English bulldog, retired and turned over his duties to Private Bruno. Those duties include public outreach and boosting recruitment numbers. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us tomorrow for more local news, plus we'll hear about Chicano Park's history and what's in store for its future. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.